so much. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for grace today. Thank you for the promise we have in you. Thank you for songs that remind us of your great and trustworthy promises, always faithful and true. And lead us now, O God, from Abraham through Jesus to this present moment to celebrate and trust your promises is always true for us, for others. In Jesus' name, amen. When you see the golden arches, there is a promise in play. It's true. Um, High fat, high salt, high calories, tasty, I need it. That's a promise. Uh, it, it's, it's meant to be that. That's a brand. And a brand is nothing more or nothing less. You've heard that phrase, a brand. You know, there's a, there's a, a Walmart brand, there's a Fry's brand, an Albertson's brand. The brand, when we talk about a brand, there's, what we're talking about is just simply a promise. What is the promise that goes with this visual reminder of the golden arches in this case. When you see a green Greek goddess at nine o'clock in the morning, you pull over and ask for your um, grande double latte, tall double shot, whip, extra whip, no soy, low soy, high soy, soy o soy. It's what you ask for. Why is that? There's an implicit promise with that. Now, if you go up to Minnesota and you see a reindeer on a blue square, That's a whole different promise. It's called caribou coffee. And it's the Minnesota nice version of Starbucks from Seattle. It's a true statement. Um, So we live in a world of promises. And the question is, what is the promise that's being offered? Uh, God comes to Abram and Sarai. They're around 75 years old. Before National Enquirer was a thing, Sarah was on the cover of it because she was going to get pregnant at 90 and that just doesn't happen certainly not then and um, and and God made to those two a promise a series of them that we just heard about in Genesis chapter 12 I'm going to bring you to a land I will make you a great nation I will bless you and make you famous You will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who treat you with contempt. And most importantly, from this time forward, through all the rest of human history, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Those are the promises that God made to Abram and Sarai and that over time he would bring bring to fulfillment. Today is a day where we celebrate promises. And I'm reminded that as much as we are human beings who make promises, there is this psychological thing called empty promises. Ever heard of this? Of course you have. We've all done it. For some of us, though, we are known as empty promisers. We will make promises, and for any number of reasons, some valid, some less valid, some reasonable some less than honorable we will fail in carrying out those promises Um, sometimes we don't carry out promises because we make a promise and then don't realize all the stuff that has to go on to deliver it and so then when we realize all the stuff that we have to do to deliver it um it it wow well there's that 
Um, I made a promise to my wife that um, in November of uh, 2013, I said, honey, I think I can remodel the entire kitchen. We can start the day after Christmas, and it will be done by the time we hit your birthday on March 15th for a big 40th birthday party. Now, she knows me. And she says to me, in all seriousness, Scott, we would save a lot of money. I know you value cash flow. However, it is my 40th birthday, and you are throwing me a birthday party, you know. Uh, what? Oh, yes, I am. Yes, of course, I'm throwing you a birthday party. Right, honey, yes, yes, yes. And so you can do this, but if we start the day after Christmas, and on March 14th, it's not done, I can't begin to tell you what might happen to your life. You may, you may disappear. And, and she had the Renee look that was, I know you. You sometimes, you know, have a vision, but you don't do the cost factoring. I'm just telling you, this is the one for my 40th, don't blow this. And I saw that, and I went into my little head in microsecond bursts, and I thought to myself, can I deliver, can I deliver? Sure I can. Yeah, we're going to do that. And I am telling you, we were on it to get it done. It got done, by the way, but... but there's a reality, right, for any of us. We commit to something and, well, did we really get the electrical, you know, in before the flooring went in? Did we have the cabinets put, you know, and you're, you're, you, don't, you don't do all the math and all the logistics. Sometimes empty promises come from the fact that we are just manipulative. We, we realize that someone wonders whether we're trustworthy, and so in order to get them to believe us that we're trustworthy, we make a promise. We really don't have an intention to commit to that promise. We just want to get something else out of the deal. And if you've ever grown up in a, promise, or in a household with an empty promiser as a parent or as a spouse, you know how debilitating it can be because you, you love that person, you want to trust that person, but you, you find that you cannot. That's a big deal. We come today to a lesson from Scripture where we learn about a God who does not ever make empty promises. And the great thing is, is the promises that he made to Abram and Sarai, those are promises that are, are promises given long, long ago in the past, but the beauty is, is that it carries over to each and every one of you. The promise that all nations will be blessed through those two so long ago you are part of that blessing as you are now included into the family of Jesus Christ. As we think about promises today and as we prepare for a baptism in a short while for dear Ethan, we're so excited for Ethan, I get to baptize you in just a second. Yay, us! Yay, us! Um, but as we think about promises, I want to I make two statements in the form of question. First of all, I want to just think, because we are a congregational family, what is our promise that we're making as a congregation? Maybe you have seen some of the new signage outside, um, right? The, the striking blue uh, brand mark that is now out on our front monument out there. Um, you may have also noticed that Shepherd of the Desert Lutheran Church is missing right now, and there are some of you that are wondering, hey, are we still a Lutheran church? It's not missing. We know exactly where that signage is at that we had there, you know, two weeks ago. We know exactly where it's at. It's going to go back up on the building, in a different part of the building, right up, this, right up there. 
And so it's going to go on the outside of our building. Um, and we have two of these. And you know what we're going to do with the second one that came off the other side of the monument? We're putting it over at Mountain View. Because why? Well, because we make promises. First of all, we are a Lutheran church. We are that. Um, Pastor Allen and I preach law and gospel. Um, we teach the small catechism. We have a word and sacrament ministry that is built around baptism, infant baptism, the real presence of the Lord in the Holy Supper that we celebrate regularly here. We're a Lutheran congregation. We're distinctively Lutheran. Um, but we're also a congregation that wants to be known in our community and easily recognizable. And so now, this cross that we have as our processional cross, which over time had been stylized and, and extended and refreshed, it's now our brand mark. So that, with the goal that anytime someone sees that, that front image, just like the green goddess at Starbucks or the golden arches, in that, in that same kind of human kind of understanding, that people realize this is shepherd of the desert. This is a place of lavish hospitality, great biblical teaching, wonderfully warm and heartfelt worship, a compelling and relevant congregation. And every time we see that mark, every time that mark is presented into our community, that's what we want people to think about. And that's where I need your help. We help our congregation by being that kind of member putting on that kind of ministry into our community. I just want to say that. That's a promise we make as a congregation. But there's a more fundamental promise that I want to bring uh, us this sermon to an end and, and move to the baptism. And that's the promise that is you as an individual. God has put his promise over you, and God has put his promise in you. Each and every one of you bear a promise from God into this world. Some of you are very industrious. And you know that people depend on your industry. That when something needs fixing or a job needs to get done, you're the first one to show up and you don't count the cost. Oh, you need help with moving? Hey, just let me know. I can, I can be there for a couple hours. I can help you out. I can do that. Um, oh, you need, you need help doing some handyman stuff? I, I can come over and, you know, put in, put in the new, you know, ceiling fan for you. I can do that. You, you are a person that gets stuff done. And that's a promise. A promise that God has built into the fiber of your being and by which he then extends his work of ministry into this world. We've got congregation members who go down and work at New City Phoenix and, and go to Guatemala and do stuff because why? Well, they do mission, they're mission-hearted, but more than anything, they're industrious. Just like we've got members of our congregation who are, who are very theologically interested and want to teach the Bible, and so they show that theological interest and teaching ability by being a teacher in our church. There are care shepherds in this congregation. By the way, we need more care shepherds. If you have a love for caring for others and you'd like to be programmatically connected in putting that love into practice, talk to me, talk to Pastor Allen, because we need some. Our care shepherds are a group of people that love to care. And if you're married to one of them, you know that if you're in a grocery aisle and they get talking to someone and learn, like an old country song, they lost their truck, they lost their dog, they lost their home, they lost their spouse, they lost, you know, I mean, just go through the country song that you heard on the, 
on the radio recently, and they can sit there and talk and commiserate with them while you're looking at your watch and like, we got to move it along here. They're about to close the store, and we got here at 10 o'clock this morning. <laughs> Honey, move on. See, that's the joy. That's the joy of having promises at work in us. Every one of us has a very real, non-empty promise that we own. The great thing is, and just remember this, you never retire a promise. Promises don't know retirement. They're so baked into the fabric of our being that those promises are constantly looking for opportunities to be lived out. There's a guy in my uh, first congregation in Ann Arbor, Michigan. His name was Cleon Newton. He was a dear man. And he was on the church council because he was the chairman of the properties committee. And the church council oftentimes dealt with stuff like finances and governance and human resources and all this kind of stuff that old church councils used to deal with. And he would sit there and, and his eyes would be rolling in the back of his head. He'd be nodding off, you know, after an hour and a half, two hour meeting. And he, he's just bored out of his skull. Why is that? Because his spiritual gift, the promise that God had baked into the fiber of his being was the promise of industry. We lived on a five-acre piece of land. That's where our congregation was located. And every week in the summer, this five-acre piece of land had to be mowed. And we didn't pay people to mow it. We had congregational volunteers who came in at 9 o'clock in the morning or so and would drive a little Cub Cadet tractor over five acres of land with a 40-inch swath every weekend so that the grass would look good. This Cub Cadet was awful. It was broke all the time. But Cleon was there every Friday to make sure that it was drivable so then when whoever showed up the next day, they could get after it. He was living out of promise. And he knew what lane he lived in. What's the promise that you live out? It's the most important question we ask today as we think about the promises that God made to Sarah and Abraham, and they did not fail. In a moment, we're going to baptize Ethan, and baptism of a child is always the invitation to ask the question, what is the promise that God's going to raise up in this little boy? And it's also recognition that with grandmas and grandpas and moms and dads, you will be asked to make a promise here this morning as well. And you'll make promises around theology and about church teaching and how you're going to raise this child in a Christian home. But I also want to remind you that as all parents know, um, if, you need to, if you need wise counsel, kids will say, oh yeah, go talk to dad. Uh, if you need somebody to give you a hug, oh yeah, go talk to mom. Dad doesn't hug. Dad'll, dad's a good talker, but mom's a good hugger. You see, parents, you live out a promise by the sheer force of your personality. And that's what we pray for you too today as well, is that that promise that you come to discover in yourself over time, that that promise gets lived out faithfully with every day that you have Ethan entrusted to your care. So with that being said, Todd and Caitlin... Larry and Sue, I invite you to come on forward here.